Moncrief on News Talk. Right, you name it. And there's probably a sexual fetish for it. But one of the most popular, I might even say almost mainstream, is a fetish for feet. But if you find the sight of someone slipping off their socks to be a huge turn-on, now you can learn what to do about it. Clarity Mills is, among many other things, a sex educator who runs a foot fetish workshop. Good afternoon, Clarity. Good afternoon, Sean. How are you doing? How popular are foot fetishes in, in kind of terms of the world? Yep, globally, one in seven men would be into them and one in 20 women. Right, okay, that's so a lot. Fairly, fairly popular. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I read it was the second most popular fetish. Um, that's right. Uh, what's, yep. the, what's the most popular? DS, so domination submission, which is in the ah, mix right. the DS and the BDSM. Okay, yeah, that's but kind of, that. That, covers, that covers a lot of things, really, I would have thought. It does. Uh, interesting, it does. though, that it seems to be mostly men, would you say, that are into it rather than women? Yeah, four and five who are going to be podophilists, not to be confused with pedophilists, podo, um, foot enthusiasts, um, are men. Right. And it's extremely, it's extremely masculine paraphilia, where you objectify and sexualize an object separate and apart from the body of the person. Okay. A- a- any particular explanation for that that you're aware of? Yeah, there's a couple of theories. None have been proven empirically because much like many kinks and fetishes, they come from our childhood primarily, as well as cultural experiences, extreme personal preferences, traumatic experiences, or shame-based education as it relates to religion or culture. But there's a few theories. So Freud, in his um, initial theory, thought that it was because when little boys were with their mothers, they realized they didn't have a penis. And so they thought of a foot as a penis substitute. That's that was Freud's, you know, theory a hundred and twenty years ago. That's his theory for everything, though, isn't it? I know, I know. That's my favorite meme lately of twenty twenty two. Was how hot do you think Freud's mom was? <laughs> <laughs> that was the working theory. The current theory, kind of going on, is t- twofold. There's one school of thought that believes that when you receive sweet stimulation, the next evolutionary step of a sensation that you're going to receive as your as your baby is going to be genital and so it's easy to cross those wires and get the two confused my favorite theory personally is that when you're a baby you know your mother becomes your sex love object and it becomes impossible to you know babies don't know the difference between sex and love they're one one and the same and so it's a common experience that everybody has where mother's holding them, then the phone rings, the doorbell rings, she has to set the baby down, the baby is upset because the love is leaving the room. And then the first thing that they see when she re-enters the room is the feet, and it's the symbol of love returning. And some of the most extreme foot fetishists that I've worked with and, and met in my years of teaching in this space always have very specific stories and love is always really a huge part of it where people Mm. were raised by, you know, single mothers who needed foot rubs when they got home from long shift work and that sort of thing. And it was their way of communing and showing love. So they tend to be very sweet stories. Yeah. Um, But we'll never know. Yeah. We don't know. We probably will not. Uh, Yeah. Well, I suppose knowing the reason doesn't probably help one way or the other. And I suppose as well, the bottom of the feet particularly, you know, can be quite sensitive. There must be a lot of nerves down there. There are, and there's a lot of different, like underneath the underneath foot play is a lot of different types. So it can include trampling, it can include stomping, it can co- include food, it can include footwear, so boots, high heels, etc. It can include things like socks, stockings, uh, materials. It can include 
you know, uh, other sensations like playing with sticky materials like lubricants or massage oils or or in some cases pudding. Like cake stomping is a huge channel on Pornhub. <laughs> you can go check it out if you don't believe me. Uh, right. So there's, there's a, okay. There's a lot to unpack there, Clarity. I'll, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's like and but like there's a thing with dirty feet versus clean feet. Yeah. So if you can think about kinks in general, the ones that are more let's let's say to, uh, mainstream considered to be disgusting, grotesque. So dirty feet would be one of them. I'd say feet is, are so common of a paraphilia that they're really quite mainstream, but 30 feet would be a subset within that, which is which is fairly grotesque to like an average mainstream person or vanilla person. If you're just talking about, hey, why don't you just go get your feet dirty and then rub them on my face? That would kind of be a cringe experience for some people. Yeah. But if you think but, about yeah. what but happened... That, that would, sorry to interrupt, but that would be like where the person <laughs> deliberately put mud on their feet or whatever, rather than yes. they just have a pair yeah. of really manky feet. And someone finds yeah, that a turn yeah. on. Yeah, and they are different, exactly. Yeah. So getting your feet dirty versus having, you know, a, a, a form of fungus that somebody eroticizes. And the more kind of extreme you go, the more rare it's going to be. Yeah. So finding a lovely flush and a high heel sexy is fairly universal experience. Even if you not don't overtly sexualize it, you can still find that attractive. Sure. An average person would do. Yeah. But if you get down to the other side, the more extreme, the more hardcore. Yeah, you're looking more and more niche and more and more hardcore and intense on the fetish. Yeah. And, and you did mention cake, uh, um, a cake trampling. Yeah. Now, is that just to, to yeah. does that involve eating cake off the feet or you want to see the cake squished by the feet first? It's, you want to eat. So like I, in the way I've done these things in the past, it includes like splashing, which is anything involving any kind of kink involving food as well as foot play. So you stomp on the cake and then somebody eats the cake off the bottom of your foot or off the top of your foot after you've stomped on it. And you can do the same thing in bare feet, in boots, and there's all kinds of different uh, fantasies that people have in specific ways that this looks, mm. which, you know, goes back to that, where the heck did that come from? Is it so specific? <laughs> <laughs> are, very, are, are people often very specific about the sort of cake it has to be? Yeah, type of cake, uh, what type of footwear, like I said, is it barefoot, is it a stocking foot, or is it a, uh, you know, high-heeled foot? Yeah, people can be very, very specific about what their fantasies are. Yeah, I, I imagine sometimes preparation, you know, if you're, you know, if, if you might need to put a bit of plastic down or, or you know, be careful oh, you're not standing on carpet and that kind of stuff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I've had it with sessions with clients in the past where they're like, this is a Victoria's sponge. I wanted a chocolate. It's like, well, then <laughs> the nice room now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I can't. This is all over. I can't, my dreams are dashed. Yeah. Uh, so, so trampling, like what's the difference between trampling yeah. and, and those massages you can get where people stand on you or are they quite similar? Uh, yeah, very similar, except the difference is like a Thai massage is I think kind of what you're referring to. Yeah. I think the difference would be usually in the case of foot fetishes is they're going to want their feet somewhere near their genitals and their face. Okay. Or like sensitive body parts. That would be the difference. Whereas I imagine you'd have to struggle to find a Thai massage parlor that would do the same for you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. <laughs> I would have thought. <laughs> and is this... Is, if for foot fetishists, is it like sex starts with the feet and then maybe you go on to other stuff? Or, or, or is it integral uh, uh, to the whole oh, experience? It really depends on the person. It depends on the fetish. But for the more extreme the fetish, the less, the more standalone, the more objectified the feet are themselves. So in other words, 
I've had sessions with people who are in lingerie and we've been doing other things and they have zero interest in me. I am like, my body is literally a vessel for my, for my feet and they're not interested in the rest of the show and what's going on. And that would be more on the more extreme side. Oftentimes, though, if you watch just average mainstream porn, you'll see people sucking toes as a part of sex as a different form of stimulation. Mm. You hit on it earlier, which is, the, which is the bottom of the feet and in between the toes are very sensitive and don't often get a lot of attention. So I would say that the more intense the fetish, the, the more standalone the paraphilia is. In other words, the less integrated that would be with other sexual activities. Right, okay. Or would, sh- or would share commonalities with other kind of kinks like submission, like humiliation, like degradation, like other, other types of kinks on the same kind of spectrum. But not necessarily P and V vanilla sex is what people think of it. Yeah. No. I, and I, you know, we don't need to go into detail because people will know what we mean. It is possible mm. to give a foot job, though. I, I, yeah. I, I, I would imagine that requires quite a bit of dexterity and and <laughs> feet skill. Yeah. I mean, I, so one of the workshops I teach is kind of the intro, uh, intermediate, and expert level of all of these different types of plays. So we'll do massage. We'll do foot worship. We'll do integrating food and then also domination sub- submission and so forth and then foot jobs without going too too graphic is basically exactly what they sound like replace hand insert foot and it takes some practice but yeah it's I would imagine so easily yeah. done well, what, easily done and easily safely done uh, what, well, what do you practice on before you actually try an actual one <laughs> so oftentimes in my workshops I'll get people to get out vegetables cucumbers yeah. surgettes <laughs> Props, whatever they have, toys to practice on for the sake of demonstration. And, and 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 so the people who come to your workshops, is it kind of more like they know that feet turn them on, but they're not quite sure what to do about it? Oftentimes, the people I work with are the partners of people who are foot fet- they're partners of foot fetishes. Ah, so there would right. be the girlfriends, the wives, etc. Of okay, I know my my spouse is into this now. What do I do? And so those are often the people I work with, whereas more commonly, if it were the men, they know, like for the, I, I keep saying men, because it is really predominantly a male fetish. I've only met two um, female foot fetishes in my life, and I've met thousands, tens of thousands of fetishes globally. So it is fairly rare. But anyways, when I work with men, it tends to be one-on-one sessions uh, to actually do the type of play. And that would be demonstration. And if their partners are there, it would be like, this is how we do this. This is the reason why. This is the psychology of what's happening, and this is the feedback, and this is how we're going to communicate to each other, just like I do every every other kind of workshop. Yeah, basically. yeah. The uh, Now, this is uh, Kate, one of our listeners, wants to know, uh, is there, and I don't know if you ask people what their jobs are anyway, I doubt if you do, sure. uh, is there any evidence that people with foot fetishism are statistically more likely to opt for careers like podiatry, chiropody, or sock knitting? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's not at all. Actually, it is so common that that what I would say is that the um, it's all walks of life. So people with all types of different careers, including very very successful bankers, investors, celebrities, I've worked with who have these types of fetishes, and average you know people, students in university, people living at home with their parents, helping them pay the mortgage. You know, mm. like average people. It is so common across the board. There's no demographic I could say has it more than any other. Yeah. But I would imagine it's a dream job if you, you know, you're into feet and you're, <laughs> you're a podiatrist at the same time. That'd be lovely. Though you probably be, wouldn't be able to concentrate uh, during the course of the day. The, so if, if, if somebody at home finds their mm. partner looking at pictures of feet, technically is that cheating? 
Uh, that's a great question. So oftentimes when people think about fidelity in relationships, they just assume an old model, which is the Judeo-Christian, you know, be be faithful in, 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 um, in mind and body and spirit and action to your partner. But I think mercifully now with the rise of polyamory and different kind of relationship dynamics, people are starting to be more forgiving and understanding that just because somebody's looking at the pictures of the, of the feet of another person just means probably more realistically they're ashamed to have the conversation. Because there is mm-hmm. still a lot of social stigma and shame around around all, all fetishes, but feet especially because of the nature of what they are. And so instead of taking personal offense, I would always embrace the conversation with kindness and compassion. Be like, is this something you want to do with me? And let the conversation expand from there. That's always yeah. my advice. Actually, somebody else has texted in to say Tarantino loves feet in all his movies. I hadn't noticed Eesh, that, but that true. sounds true. Oh, he sure does. Actually, if you want to know the list of celebrities who have been openly and like very publicly into feet, it is so long. It's Dostoevsky. It's Elvis. Elvis was insane about feet. Quentin Tarantino in every single movie, he'll always make sure that there's a cameo. Jack Black, Big Boy, the rapper, lots of different rappers, lots of different people across the spectrum. If you just Google foot fetishes, like famous foot fetishes, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of names. That's so interesting. How popular it is. Yes, yeah, so yeah. popular. Now, you see, at the same time, now, another person's texting in to say, I'm sorry, but food and feet, vom. But, but like, there would probably be a cohort <laughs> of people who, are, like, would be yeah. repelled by the idea of including feet in sex in any way, yeah. shape or form. Yeah, and the answer I have to that is uh, there's a lot of kinks that are not mm. that popular, but they are prevalent where there's things that involve urine, feces, uh, things like dirty feet and food, et cetera, where the average person might be, oof, no, thank you. But if you think about what's yeah. psychologically happening, it kind of makes sense, which is that when you have an extreme reaction, anger, disgust, grief, you go into a sympathetic nervous system state where you you have cortisol, adrenaline, you don't feel good. And so sexualizing grief, sexualizing anger, sexualizing disgust actually elicits a parasympathetic nervous system response where your body creates dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins. And so it's actually an evolutionary survival skill that the body naturally instinctually has, which is to protect itself by extreme reaction and sexualizing something. It's the reason why like the trope of people get horny at, you know, wakes and funerals because grief is a really strong aphrodisiac because it is such a negative sympathetic, um, you know, nervous system place to live in. And so people crave the exact opposite. And you'll see that in so many fetishes all the time, which is to sexualize and eroticize something disgusting so that the disgust can subdue. And there've been so many, so many studies that have actually demonstrated this, which is that it's fantastic books at the Kinsey Institute in the United States where they've done these longitudinal studies with 4,000 different respondents and the disgust response can drop up to 80% in people. So like the smell of things that would be typically discussing garbage, feces, et cetera. And they drop down by like 80, 90% in respondents when they're in a state of arousal because it's creating an opposite response. Yeah, I've, so I've always said that I prefer a, a funeral to a wedding. Now I'm starting to wonder why I've had that preference. <laughs> Clarity, uh, let me just speak to you today. Uh, that was uh, Clarity Very Mills funny. there, uh, motivational speaker, sex educator and professional uh, dominatrix. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.